Welcome back to the Next Level Minds podcast. My name is Chris Chapman, and I am your host. If this is your first time tuning in, then this is a podcast dedicated for those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a fully qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, mover and shaker in their industry, and really walk through their story of how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to reiterate my main goal, which is to impact over 1 million people. So if you have not done this already, please take the time to subscribe to Next Level Minds on Apple Podcast and share this episode with a family member, friend, or colleague who you think will get some value out of it. And if you're really feeling special, leave a review on Apple Podcast and let me know what you think. Now on to today's guest and episode, I'm sitting down with Nick Carrier. I saw Nick at a leadership conference that I tuned into online, and I knew within about 100 seconds of him speaking that he'd be a fantastic guest for the podcast. The reason being is he is a master fitness expert on goal achievement and habit formation. He's coached over 5,000 fitness classes, helping people all across the globe lose body fat and build muscle. And he also has been featured in numerous publications, podcasts, etc. And he's got this very unique 10-week transformation program that I think everyone can benefit from. So I'm excited to dive in with Nick here to talk about fitness, goals, habits, self-talk, all of the above. So be sure to make sure to listen. And other than that, as we like to say at Next Level Minds, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Nick, thanks so much, man, for hopping on the uh, Next Level Minds podcast. Chris, yeah, man, I'm pumped to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, We were just talking about John Eads' event, and I knew within like probably 100 seconds of you answering his questions, you're just so amped and passionate about what you do. I was like, this guy is going to be an awesome guest for the podcast. So, <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I've uh, My mom has told me very, very many times that I'm, I'm being too loud, but uh, it's, it's come to pay off when it comes to the health and fitness industry. Yeah, dude, that's funny. I'll like be on the phone sometimes and uh, my wife will be like, can you please like tone it down a little bit? I'm just like so excited sometimes on what I'm talking about. So, but yeah. I mean, I think if you're in any industry, especially if you're like creating content, I mean, I think you got to be high energy because people buy into that a lot. So yeah, no doubt. Um, but yeah, man, I know we're, we're recording on a Monday. So how was your weekend for you? Weekend was great. Weekend was good. I uh, had a good day out with my girlfriend on Saturday and uh yeah it was a good good weekend cool how y'all like being in Nashville oh man love it love it I've lived here for about five and a half years now and uh it's been great I grew up in Atlanta but mm. when I moved here I loved Atlanta but when I moved here I always one of the things I always tell people is I just think that people are nicer in Nashville like just people in Nashville are just so freaking nice and uh I've continued to experience that over the last five and a half years and I've just loved it yeah what, what made you move from, from Nashville yeah, well, so or to I, Nashville, sorry, from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So I guess one part of the story is that my sister played soccer at Vanderbilt for a little bit. And when she was a freshman in college, 
And I was a junior in college at University of Georgia. I came up with my parents to watch her play soccer in a number of games. And so when we would come up here and watch her play soccer, we would experience Nashville. And I was like, this city is awesome. Like, I've got to move here. So that's kind of like one of the quick reasons as to why it got on the on the radar for me, at least. Yeah. What's, uh, what's kind of one of your favorite things about living in Nashville? I mean, it's almost impossible to not say live music is one of my favorite things with the sense that I'm a huge country music fan. And so I think it's really cool to have the ability to on a Wednesday night, if I want to go see live music, I don't have to go to Broadway because I'm, I'm not, I don't go to Broadway very often, but if I wanted to go see live music on a Wednesday night of somebody who's super talented, then I could decide right now and, and go do it and stay there for an hour and a half. And, and it's, just so cool that we have that ability. Yeah. Who, who's your favorite country guy right now? Oh, man, that's a good... I think Morgan Wallen or Luke Combs is kind of like my top two right now. I mean, like, generally speaking, I love some of the, the greats, like a Kenny Chesney and, and stuff like that. But right now, Morgan Wallen and Luke, and Luke Combs, that's a pretty pretty typical answer, but I, I love them. Dude, I agree. I was going to say, like, they're both just spitting out albums like nothing right now. I mean, just... Yeah, it's, I mean... It's awesome. They're just creating. You got to create. You got to create. You got to create. You can't you can't just sit back and and let your past stuff yeah um be your best stuff. Do, you got to keep going. Do you ever see like any of the country guys in in Nashville? Like I feel like that's just like a perception from the outside of like they must run into them all the time or no. I think you don't run I personally don't run into them all the time. I definitely have seen a number at the gyms that I go to. Mm. Uh I think the people who are probably top of the top for example from a gym perspective oftentimes maybe have like a personal trainer or a gym at their house and so they're not going out into the public uh from that scenario but no there's you people do see them a decent amount it's not an everyday occurrence but yeah anyway. yeah absolutely so i know you know you've you've taught like what five thousand fitness classes and you have this transformation challenge and as mentioned when i heard you on john's uh leadership summit you know you're just high energy guy on there so I, w- I want you to kind of take it back a little bit. I mean, what was uh, 18-year-old Nick like? Man, 18-year-old Nick was definitely still a high-energy nice. guy. One of the things my brother has said about me is he he thinks I've changed in some ways, but one of the ways that I have not changed is he says I get excited about things that people shouldn't get excited about. So, But 18-year-old Nick uh, was in high school. Obviously, I played football and baseball in high school and, and loved sports, and I had a personal trainer in high school as well. And not only did I love the sports, but I loved the training aspect of it. I loved working out. And then when I went to college and went to the University of Georgia and didn't play sports, I just played intramural sports. And I studied, I started off studying finance and insurance. And I actually double majored in finance and insurance. But in between my sophomore and my junior year of college, I was at home in Atlanta over the summer working out at the gym that I used to work out at. And my personal trainer was still there. And he came up to me and asked if I had ever thought about being a personal trainer myself. And I was like, well, not really. And he was like, well, talk to me after your workout. Let me show you what it takes. And I was like, okay. And so long story short, he talked to me about it. I got my personal trainer certification that summer. And then when I went back my junior year of college at University of Georgia, I started off kind of trying to get a personal training job at like one of the big box gyms and at the school gym, but never really heard back because I hadn't had any really experience in the past. And then all of a sudden I saw this orange tent that was in a parking lot one day and it said Orange Theory Fitness on it. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, but I should probably go check it out one of these days. Maybe, maybe it's something. And so I 
ended up going to that tent because they were in pre-sales. They even haven't, they hadn't opened up the location yet. They Mm -hmm. were just selling memberships prior to opening up. And I talked to the owner of that to be opened location and we hit it off and he told me to come for coaching tryouts and I came for coaching tryouts and I got the job and essentially started that the second semester of my junior year of college. And after graduating college, I had already had a giant job lined up to be a mortgage lending officer. Hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I was like, I kind of want to do something with fitness long-term, but I'm not really sure what that's going to look like. I should probably get a job in my actual field of study to start. And so that's where I got a job lined up to be a mortgage lending officer. And I had I had it set up where I was going to start with six months of training in their Atlanta office, but then move to the Nashville office after that. Cause I was like, I want to go to Nashville. And luckily I found a way to make that happen. But then before I even started the training in Atlanta, they told me that the Nashville part of it fell through and I was only going to be able to work for them in Atlanta. And immediately I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not interested any longer. Uh, so didn't do it, moved to Nashville, started a job as a recruiter with an employment agency and after two weeks, I essentially quit that job. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this fitness thing a real try. And ever since I've kind of been working on making it happen. Nice, dude. Uh, that's pretty cool that you just said no to the opportunity in Atlanta and, and actually did You know what you wanted. I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I guess I'll just settle for this. I like that you just made the decision on something that you actually wanted. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I think one of the things that I feel fortunate about is that I didn't, I hadn't started it yet. Yeah. I think that sometimes it's harder to quit something that you started because you start to get into a little bit of a rhythm and you start to get a little bit comfortable. And then the more comfortable you are, the harder it is to get out of that comfort sometimes. And so I feel pretty blessed to have been confident enough or I don't even know if it was confidence or or blind confidence, but to feel confident enough to just be like, no, I'm good. I'm going to yeah. find something else. Yeah. So two weeks at the recruitment firm and then you dipped out. So your training, was that on your own yet or with the gym or what? Yeah. So I went back to coaching some group classes at Orange Theory Fitness at that time. I was doing it a little bit, but my thought was like, okay, I'm going to go training full time. I need to be a personal trainer. And so I tried personal training for a while and it wasn't quite hitting home with me. Yeah. It was one of those things that we've already talked about. I'm a pretty high energy type person. And so when it's just you and one other person, kind of hour after hour, I didn't get energy as much from that compared to when I was coaching a group class. I loved the high energy group atmosphere. And so I was like, I think I need to kind of go more of the the group route. And so I did more and more group training at three different gyms and uh, a little bit of personal training on the side. But that's kind of when I started the Best You podcast uh, way back when in October of 2018. And that's kind of when I started to gain a little bit of traction with that and try to f- started to figure out a little bit more of what best you might become. And then in 2020 is when I actually f- started the very first 10-week transformation, the challenge that you had mentioned before. And so in the beginning of 2020, I started it and have been doing that as kind of our main mm. business model, our main product ever since. Yeah. Well, so what kind of went into building out that, that 10-week program? So it really started off with me reading a business book. So for all you guys who are business people out there, a business book called The Four Disciplines of Execution Mm -hmm. by Chris McChesney. It's a book from Franklin Covey, essentially. And it was, it's a goal setting framework for business goals. And I started to realize, I was like, I think this thing is applicable to any kind of goal. 
And one of the things that it just does really well is it identifies like a long-term goal, but then you identify weekly goals after that. And so I was like, wait, I want to take this model and, and find a way to apply it to the health and fitness goals because I love training people, but I don't like training people who are not being super intentional about everything that they're doing on a regular basis. And what keeps people intentional about what they're doing and thoughtful about what they're doing is having a specific aim in mind. And so we wanted, I wanted to create something that allowed people or almost forced people to be super intentional. And so I defined like a 10 weeks because I thought that that was a long enough time frame to be able to really see meaningful results, but not too short to get bored with it. And so kind of went with 10 weeks and that's been proven to be a really good time frame ever since we began it. But yeah, it's just the framework of trying to think what that long-term goal is and then what are weekly goals and then how are we going to plan each week and then put it on a scoreboard. And so anyways, there's a, been a lot of growth and improvement from with the 10-week transformation ever since I began it, but yeah. that's kind of how it originated. Yeah, so can, can you walk us through kind of like a user case story with the 10 weeks? So let's say I'm like, I want to try this out. What's kind of step one here if if we start working together? Yeah, so step if we started working together, there's a five step framework that I always teach people through and coach people through, and I have a set of video modules that people have to watch mm. in order to actually begin with me. So before even week one, you're kind of enforced. You're forced to kind of prove to me that you're bought in because that's cool. There's like an, a, there's a time investment on the front end of working with me. And to me, that's you proving to you that this matters to you. And it's you proving to me that it matters to you as well, because I'm not going to train somebody if they're not going to show up on a regular basis. And I'm not going to train somebody if they're not going to be consistent, because then they're not going to get results. And and I'm not here for that. I'm here for people getting results and getting what they want. And so it starts off with you learning the framework. And the framework starts off with you identifying why you're here in the first place, why you want to get healthier, why you want to get more fit. And a lot of people will talk about knowing what your why is, but I try to get really specific with having three different three different components to a really strong why. Mm. And that's first is what are you looking to avoid? Second is who are you looking to become? And then third is who are you doing it for? Mm. And so, for example, it's like I, I coach a lot of different types of people, but let's say I'm coaching a mom, for example. A mom might be trying to avoid being not confident and her body. She might be trying to avoid being overweight and looking at herself in the mirror and upset with her with herself. She might be trying to become the person who is a really positive role model for her children, a, a role model who can form healthy habits and teaches her kids how to do those habits as well. And who are you doing it for? That mom is doing it for her kids. She wants to make sure that she is that positive role model. So you want to come up with an emotionally impactful why for yourself containing those three things. What are you looking to avoid? Who are you wanting to become? And then who are you doing it for? And then I'll kind of go through the next steps pretty quickly. But the next step is about what's your finish line that you're going for? What's your X to Y by when? You're currently here. Where do you want to be? And by what date? And so with the 10-week transformation, oftentimes for people, I would say maybe seven out of every 10 people, that might be a weight loss goal. And so it's like, I currently weigh this. I want to weigh this by the end of the 10 weeks. Then the next step, which is to me, one of the most critical steps is identifying what I call your progress indicators. Because if you do them, it will indicate to you that you're making progress to your overall goal. So let's say your goal is to lose 10 pounds by the end of the 10 weeks. 
then you're probably going to have a fitness goal of working out X number of times a week. Then you're going to have a nutritional goal of, let's say, maybe 16 out of my 21 meals this week are going to contain a vegetable and, and a protein. And then you might have a third goal. And usually that third goal for people I work with is one of four things. It's either a water intake goal, an alcohol goal, a snacking goal, or a sweets goal. Because usually those four things I find are oftentimes people's Achilles heels that are really holding them back from making progress. And so let's say the late night sweet tooth is something that gets the best of you and your health and fitness goals. Then that weekly goal might be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a healthy after dinner sweet three nights a week and I'm only gonna allow myself one night where I can have ice cream or whatever your treat is that you just gotta have one time a week. So setting those weekly goals are absolutely critical and and then keeping track of those on a regular basis. So I'll kind of I'll kind of stop there and and not not give too much more in, unless you want to ask anything in particular. No, man, that, that's awesome. Um, I was just curious because I'm sure like after the episode, especially in a bit after you just dropped some awesome knowledge coming up on some fitness stuff that I'm going to ask you. Um, sure, some people will want to look at your program. So I was just wondering, kind of painting the picture of what does that really yeah. look like. Um, I think your programs kind of have a differentiator in itself of like having those trackable kind of weeks. And then also like what you mentioned about uh, the why, and it was what, avoid, become, and who am I doing this for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's cool because a lot of people are like, how do I find my why? But it's like, you know, everyone's trying to avoid something. Everyone's trying to become something and everyone's doing something for somebody. And that's just like a framework by itself that the listeners can use to find a why, whether it's in business, fitness, or whatever the case is there. So yeah, hundred um, percent. Let me ask you this. Like, what do you think gets people off the path of just like living a healthy lifestyle? Because I think at the end of the day, everyone knows in the back of their mind, like what you should be doing. You got to be drinking water. You got to go to the gym. You got to eat healthy. And it's like, for guys like you and me, I'm no fitness trainer, right? But we talked on Instagram. I keep health pretty seriously. It's like, for me, it just seems easy, like going to the gym, eating healthy, drinking water. But like, if you look at the obesity rate, it's 50%, maybe even a little bit higher. So like, what do you think are the factors here? Yeah, I'll give you a few. I'm going to give you like three Ps. I'm going to give you prioritization, preparation, and patience. Mm. So starting off with prioritization, you know, as you said, a lot of people will know that they should be working on their health and fitness or managing their health and fitness. But often we feel like we don't have the time to do so because there is just so much going on in, in other areas of our life. And so when I kind of conceptually look at my life, I, I segment my life out into six different categories. There's your health, your personal, your career, your financial, your spiritual, and your relational. And those six areas, we all have the finite resources of time, energy, and attention to distribute to those six areas every single day and every single week. And whether we consciously or unconsciously know it, we're giving a certain level of time, energy, attention to those areas. And so oftentimes people know the importance of giving their time, energy, and attention to their career, let's say, but then they put the other stuff at a little bit lesser priority. And so they put their career stuff in their schedule first, Mm -hmm. and then they just don't end up finding time for their health and fitness, which was really important. If like, if you really want to prioritize your health and fitness, you need to put that in your calendar first 
and build your career and some of the other stuff around it. Now, that doesn't need to look like two hours of working out a day. That needs to be whatever you think you've got the time for, whatever you're willing and able to do. If that means a 30-minute walk five times a week, put it in your calendar. If that means that you're going to go to the gym three times and you're going to walk on your treadmill at home two times, whatever it means, like define what success looks like for you when it comes to dedicating time, energy, and attention in the health area of your life each week and plan it in your calendar first. Like show yourself, prove to yourself that it's that high of a level of priority for you. So prioritization is huge because how many people say that we just don't have the time and and you create the time by putting that stuff in your calendar first. The second one is preparation. And one of the things that I think so many people realize the importance of preparation when it comes to their career and, and maybe when it comes to vacations and stuff, but they don't think about preparation when it comes to their health and fitness. But I was just talking to somebody, for example, who's in the middle of a 10-week transformation, and his goal is to be able to stay under a 2,500-calorie mark five times a week, and his goal is to work out five times a week. And he was telling me, like, uh, Nick, I'm do, I have this 12-hour car ride on Thursday, And I was like, oh, okay, so you have a 12-hour car ride. You're going to a new city. Do you know where you're going to work out when you get there? And he was like, oh, I'm going to actually call a gym to make sure I can get a guest pass while I'm there. And I was like, okay, great. Now let's talk about it. You have a 12-hour car ride. Do you have a plan for food on that car ride? Are you going to be able to pack pack a healthy meal and pack some snacks? He's like, well, I hadn't hadn't even thought about it. Like we usually just get fast food. And I'm like, well, this is why you're here. And so- There's just situations like that, whether it's a trip, a bachelorette party, a wedding, a happy hour, a party, a holiday. How can we prepare ahead of time Mm. to make healthy choices? Because if we're thrown into the heat of those things and we haven't had any forethought about making healthy decisions, the likelihood that we make healthy decisions is slim to none. But if we can set ourselves up for success and prepare ahead of time, then it's going to be that much more likely that we stay consistent and with our health and fitness goals. So there's the prioritization, preparation, and then patience. That last mm-hmm. part, the one of the things that I like to tell my people is that success is supposed to take time because it requires you to form the habits necessary to sustain it. And so oftentimes if people don't get results quickly enough, they lose belief that what they're doing is actually going to work. And so there's this kind of feedback loop of there's always a certain level of belief behind the actions that you're telling yourself to take. And then those actions will give or not give results. Mm -hmm. So think about this kind of like loop of belief, actions, and results. Okay. Let's say that you take the action that you're following a new diet or you're doing a new workout plan and you don't get results. The lack of results will fuel a lack of belief that what you're doing is going to work. And so if you don't have belief in that diet or in that workout program, then what's the likelihood that you're going to do it? Very low. And so the problem here is that actions and results are not always closely related in time and space. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're going to take the action, you're going to get the results immediately. And so we have to realize that this feedback loop doesn't start feeding back immediately. We have to be a little bit more patient for results to start to kick in so that like, oh, wait, this is actually working. And then you'll believe and then you'll actually take the action necessary to continue to get results. So if we can prioritize 
our health and fitness and schedule it in advance because we know, we know, we know, we know, we know it's the catalyst for growth and improvement in all the other areas of our life, then that's critical. If we can prepare, if we can set a little bit aside of time at the beginning of each week, figuring out where we're, when we're going to do our workouts, how long it's going to take, how we're going to make sure we prepare ourselves for our meals. Are we making lunch lunches for work? Are we need a meal prep for dinner? And then lastly, can we be patient? Can we realize that success is supposed to take time because it requires us to form the habits necessary to sustain it? We know that if somebody loses a lot of weight in a short amount of time, they haven't built the habits necessary to be able to sustain that new level of weight. And so they're going to gain it back really quickly. We need that level of patience as well. Dude, that was awesome, man. The three Ps, uh, prioritization, preparation, and patience. I love that you mentioned the last one. I heard uh, Ed Ed Milet speak, actually in Nashville, funny enough, in November. And uh, big thing he drove home was like successful people believe in invisible progress. And they Mm. know that it takes time. Same, I think the gym is the biggest one because it's like, you know, I'm in sales and it's like, I cold call, set the meeting, I do what I need to do. And then, you know, the next week I close the deal, I get the commission check. Awesome. I see the result within like three weeks versus the gym. It's like you could go five days a week for, for three months and you may not really see that that much of a result. Number one, because you're probably looking at yourself every single day and, and you don't yeah. really notice it. But then, you know, month four, month five, month six, it's like it starts to happen type of thing. So. Yeah. Well, and this is where, and you'll appreciate this too. And you've probably heard Ed Milet say this because this is something I heard him say maybe five years ago or something like that. And I've kind of transitioned it into the 10 week transformation a lot as well Is if we can define success as following through with the promises that we make to ourselves, that's what's key. So Ed Milet talked about the first thing I've ever heard, heard him say was confidence is essentially a practice of you following through with the promises that you make to yourself. And so mm. what I try to coach to people is like, look, the results are going to come if you trust the process but it might take a little bit of time. So if success can be less about the result and more about the follow through of the process, that's what we want to that's what we want to get fulfillment in. That's what we want to get happiness in is that we're the type of people that say we're going to do it and then we actually do it. We say we're going to work out 5 times a week and then we actually do it. We say we're going to eat healthy lunches and then we actually do it. We say we're going to drink 80 ounces of water and then we actually do it because The goal should be the type of person you wish to become more so than the tangible result because the type of person we all really wish to become, whether we say it or not, is we want to be a person of integrity. And what does integrity mean? Integrity means that you say you're going to do something and then you actually do it because honesty, by contrast, honesty is when your words match reality, but integrity is when your reality matches your words. Mm. It's when you say you're going to do it and then you do it. You're a person of alignment. And so if we can really take heart in the goal that we really are after is becoming a person who's integritous rather than becoming somebody who is 10 pounds less than we currently are, that that result, that result will take care of itself. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I love that you mentioned that. It's like who you're becoming on that journey to whatever your goal is, is, is so important. Um, well, so can you go over the confidence thing again? Cause I actually wanted to ask you about that. I heard you mention that on John Eats podcast. I've heard Ed talk about that, but it's like, I think more people need to hear that concept. Yeah, I think I just truly believe I've I've found it so much in myself is that building self-confidence is simply a practice in becoming the type of person who falls through with the promises that you make to yourself. Because how many of us know something that we should be doing, but we're not doing? 
all, every single one of us can come up with something that we kind of been telling ourselves to do, whether it's put more money in our savings account or invest money or, or drink more water or get better sleep or, or start to read a little bit more. We all have things that we know we should be doing and we tell ourselves to do, but we don't do it. And what happens when you tell yourself to do something, but you don't do it? You lose trust in yourself. You lose confidence in yourself. I mean, the number one way that you can build trust with somebody else is what? To make them a promise and then to keep it and make that person another promise and then keep it and make, keep, repeat. And that's also the number one way that you can build trust with yourself is to make yourself a promise and then do it. If you can do that repeatedly over time, then it's like, for me, like for example, when I was planning out my week yesterday, and we're, we're filming this on a Monday, I, I plan out my week on Sunday, and I'd say my, essentially my to-do list for the week, I'm like, get stoked about it because I know I'm gonna finish it. Or at least, probably not gonna finish 100% of it because I always set pretty lofty expectations, but I know I'm gonna finish 80% of it. Yeah. And that provides me with confidence. I'm not putting things down like I hope the, I do these things. I know I'm gonna do these things. And, and that provides me with a whole lot of confidence. And I just think that, it's taken a lot of time for me to get to that point, to really be that person who says they're going to do something and does it repeatedly at a high level. But yeah, I just believe that building self-confidence is a practice of following through with the promises that we make to ourselves. And so we got to make ourselves promises that, uh, one more thing I'll add on that, that are not too excessively large. So one of the things that I said in that talk is that with those weekly goals that I have people set out for themselves, we want to make them workable. And when I say workable is you want to make them an amount that you're willing and able to do based off of what you've been willing and able to do in the past. Hmm. And so <clears throat> that guy who is working out five times a week, he's not coming from a place of working out zero times a week. He's coming from a place of working out like three or four times a week. And so we up the ante a little bit. And so you don't want to place unrealistic expectations on yourselves because that's where a lot of us fall short as well as we'll place this unrealistic expectation of ourselves. And then when we f fall short of it, we get down on ourselves because like I said, we told ourselves to do something, but we fell short, but you actually just told yourself to do the wrong thing or too much of it. And so if you can set goals that are workable, then you're going to be more likely to follow through with that promise. And the more you do that on a small, on a small level to start, the better you're going to be able to up the ante as you continue to make slightly bigger promises to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, t I totally agree. I love what you mentioned about, um, how do you build trust with somebody? And it's by following through on the promises. It's like, how do you build trust with yourself? Follow through with the promises. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, so let me ask you this. So, so when I work, I'm not a fitness trainer or anything. I do some personal development coaching for like goals and business, stuff like that. Um, but when I work with my clients, I do kind of a compounding exercise where it's like, all right, Hey, I want to start waking up at five 30. What time do you wake up now? Seven. And then I'm like, all right, well, week one, we're doing 6.50. Week two, we're doing 6.45 up until about week eight. And then it's like, now you're at 5.45, 5.30 a.m. Um, and it kind of goes back to what you mentioned of like that guy that's going five days a week to the gym. He already went three to four. So is that how you like to work with your clients a bit in the fitness space is like, let's start here and then kind of work your way up, if you will? Yeah, no doubt. That's, that is generally the way I like to work with probably nine out of 10 people. Now I'll give you one more example. Like I remember a few years ago, a client started and he came in, he was like, I want to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to cut out all sweets. And I was like, okay, well talk to me. How many sweets do you currently eat? And he was like, well, I have a dessert 
after lunch and dinner every single day. So about 14. And I was like, okay, well, let's pump the brakes a little bit here, buddy. Uh, And so we, we dialed it back to having seven desserts a week for the first three weeks, then six for the next three, then five, so on and so forth. And, and inevitably by the end, he was eating two or three desserts a week, which is something I can tolerate. And, and it was great. And so that works really well for a lot of people. Now, one of the things I will say is that I think there are a certain amount of people who need to make a flip of a switch mm. who are it's, and it's kind of a lot of my thought behind this has come from a little bit with like people who are used to be alcoholics and are now not. It's like somebody who's like that, you can't, you can't ease yourself off of it. You have to go, you got to go cold Turkey. And really what a, what that is, it's a shift in identity. Mm. It's a shift in, I am not this person anymore. And some people do really well with that. If, if they feel like it's something, it's a change they want to make for the rest of their life. I think that's one of the biggest things is if somebody doesn't feel like they're going to cut out sweets for the rest of their life, then dial it back consistently little by little. If somebody feels like, you know what, I might not cut out sweets the rest of my life, but I am so dedicated and so committed to having just a little bit, then then maybe you can't go a little bit more extreme for them. And so this is something that I've just more recently been experimenting with working with is like, I think there are certain people who sometimes do better with almost that identity shift type change, but I definitely go with most people, like the nine out of 10, probably nine, nine out of a hundred more like it. The let's make the small changes consistently over time. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say with that is I think identity is crucial. I think one of the strongest powers in our human personality is to live in alignment with how we view ourselves mm-hmm. and, and our, how we view ourselves being our self-identity. And the thing that I believe build ourselves, builds our self-identity is three things. It's who you tell yourself you are, who you tell others you are, and what you see yourself repeatedly doing. Mm. And so oftentimes if you can flip the switch in who you tell yourself you are, then maybe you can make that a little bit more of a dramatic change. But that last part of what you see yourself repeatedly doing is really why the small changes is key. Because if somebody tries to make a massive change and then they make that massive change for a temporary period of time, but then they go back to their old ways, then they haven't repeatedly done anything. They just done something for a very minute period of time. But if you can make the small changes, then you will actually be able to sustain that change for a long period of time, therefore making it so that you have repeatedly done it, therefore changing your identity, therefore changing your habits moving forward. And so, again, I think the small changes are most applicable for most people, but I am finding that I think sometimes there can be that flip. Yeah, absolutely, man. I've been really big in 2023 so far about like positive self-talk and affirmations and like really auditing the story that you're telling yourself. Like for me, I was telling you this when we were messing on Instagram. I'm like, dude, I've I've always had trouble gaining weight. I can't gain weight. I can't gain weight. And although that is like, I guess, scientifically true, because I have a very high metabolism, like my parents do as well. But it's like, I keep telling myself this story over and over and over. And now like, it's probably so ingrained deep in me that it's like making it even worse. Not to say that I'm complaining that I like have a hot metabolism, but like it messes with my goal of trying to gain weight. So 
don't know. Yeah. What, what's your like take on, on self-talk and how that relates to fitness and stuff? Oh, for sure, man. It's just something that I'm so big on. Anytime somebody who is in my group or is, or I'm coaching says things like I've always done this way, or I've always just, I've always just been like this. One of the ladies I've had recently, her husband was going out of town and she's like, Oh, I just always know when my husband goes out of town, I fall off the rails with my nutrition. And I'm like, hang on, let's, let's change that. That's, that's how you've been in the past. That's how it used to be, but that's not how it's going to be moving forward. And then I even go to the extent when people say, I'm going to try to get my workout in this even this weekend, or I'm going to try to eat healthy when I do this. If you're just trying, then you're not really bought in. You're not really committed. You're, you're just kind of, if it happens, it, it'll be nice. If it happens, it'll be nice if I get it in. And we're not looking for that. That's not going to lead to consistent behavior change. You need to decide you need to commit. And that's a whole different level of conversation with how you're speaking to yourself than if you're just kind of trying. And so it is absolutely critical. I think it's a massively understated thing that can get people to really change. It's just, how are you talking to yourself differently? And again, it's like, if somebody's always telling themselves that I just don't have the time to work out, well, then you will never find the time to make it happen. If you're somebody who just has never really been able to cook or never really been able to kind of prepare meals for yourself, then, and you always say that, I just, I've just never been that kind of person, then you never will. If you always like, oh, I've just never been a morning person, I'll never be able to do it. Well, then you'll never become that. And you're going to live, you're going to live out the story that you continue to tell yourself. So yeah. take control of the story that you're telling yourself. Man, so, so true. I, um, Man, that's so that's so true. I think it's so unique too of like people just fall in the trap of like, uh, this happens, or I do this, or I do that. Um, and just auditing that story that you tell yourself. And I really like what you mentioned about like don't use the word try. It's like every time I hear someone, oh, I'm gonna try to do this, I'm like in my back of my head, I'm like, You're probably not gonna do it, type yeah. of thing. Well, know? and then the other thing is, you know, I feel like I say it relatively ag- aggressively when I said on this podcast. People don't say that with bad intentions. They're they don't they don't yeah, say they I'm just gonna haven't try like decided with bad I'm gonna do it. Like no matter but, what. But yeah, mentality. they just need to realize that that's what the, that's really what they're telling themselves. And one of the things that I th- say with the following through with the promises that you make to yourself thing is oftentimes people say they're gonna do things and even if they don't use the word try, they kind of mean the word try. Oftentimes people will say, Yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on a run today. But th- what they really mean is I'm gonna go on a run if it's like 75 degrees and sunny, <laughs> yeah. not if I'm tired and, and not motivated and it's cold or it's raining. You need to, you need to decide that you're committing to it regardless of situation, regardless of circumstance, regardless of conditions. It's, I'm going to do this no matter what. Yeah, that's so true. Cause there's so many external things that could throw it off. I uh, had a bad day. It rained. It's cold. It's like decide no matter what. Um, the last thing I love about your style, if you will, is that uh, you don't just like completely eliminate everything. Like there's a lot of programs that's like no sweets, no booze, no this, no that. And like, like you said, although that works for some people, it's like, you know, I even gave myself a challenge this month of like, you know, I really only drink like once a week, but you know, I'll drink beer and wine and all that. I love IPAs, but like this month I'm like, I got this Mexico trip coming up in January or February. And I'm like, no beers, like no light beer, no IPAs, no crafts at all. Like, so it kind of tailored it to me. And now I'm just having like mixed drinks and stuff on the, on the weekends. Uh, but it's like some programs like 
cut everything out cold turkey if you're trying to do this. It's like you kind of have the ability with with your work to like still enjoy life for for things that people like to do, you know? Yeah. I think I think there are times where you can do the so one of the things that I try to break out of people is this all or nothing mindset mm. is I need to because so many people wear that all or nothing mindset with a badge of honor. And the thing that makes it not good is all or nothing mindset. The literally words all or nothing inevitably means that nothing is coming and or all if the all is the bad circumstance of it. And so you don't want to, you want to break out of the all or nothing mindset. But sometimes if you want to say, I'm not going to drink for a month because I've got this thing going on, that's okay. You just need to know how to ease yourself off of it. Because a lot of times at the beginning of the year, for example, I remember this guy last year, he was like, I'm going to do two a days for five days a week for my fitness for the, for the month of January. And that's okay if you know how to ease yourself off of it. But the problem is all, most people go balls to the wall they go all, 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 all for a month and then nothing for the next mm. three. And then they're even worse that, than they were when they started. And so you need to know how to kind of ease yourself out of the all if, if, if you do that kind of thing. Or like the no drinking. And then it's like, well, I didn't drink January. Now I'm going to do like uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday instead right. of just Friday, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It then, goes back to the identity thing. Your identity is based off of what you see yourself repeatedly doing. And so if you only do it for a month, you haven't repeatedly done anything. Yeah, 100%. So, so I got two more questions for you. One of those is a final question I always ask everybody. But before that, I um, want to ask you, you talked about like planning out your Sundays. I do that as well. Saw your Instagram story while I was actually like doing some of mine. So I was like, dude, this is awesome. Uh, so what's kind of like your habits, daily stuff that you got going on? Yeah, well, I'll kind of start off by just telling you what I do when I plan out my week. And earlier I mentioned the six different areas of, of mm-hmm. our lives and that's health, personal, career, financial, spiritual, and relational. And so I literally take out a sheet of paper and write out those six categories and I define success in those six categories for my week. Mm. And as I'm writing them down, I'm kind of looking at my Google calendar and plugging them in where I'm going to have time to get that stuff done. And so I would say from a habit standpoint, one of the things that I always try to do every single morning as I have a little Bible app that I pull up and it really only takes me three minutes to go through or maybe that. And I do that at the beginning of every single morning. And so that's one of the biggest things um, that really kicks off my day. The next thing that I do after that is I write down three things that I'm thankful for. I've done that for the last five years and it just shifts the way that you your brain is wired at the beginning of every single day. One of the next things that I do is, I mean, I always have water first thing before Mm -hmm. I do coffee. So I do that. But then I always read as well. I think that everybody knows the power of reading. Oh, yeah. Oftentimes people just, it's it's hard to understand sometimes what, why people don't read. I think oftentimes people don't prioritize the time to do so. I also don't think a lot of people do it super intentionally Mm -hmm. because I think it's, when it's done intentionally was when you really see the payoffs of it. And if you're, if you try it, but it's not all that intentional, then you're not going to see the payoff of it. And then you're not going to do it moving forward. And so those are a few of the things that I like to do on a daily basis, at least starting off with the Bible, then three things I'm thankful for and and always water and then reading. So I'll kind of stop there, but I always like to plan out my week and, and think of my life in the life in those six areas. And one more thing I'll say on that, because I just think it's so, so crucial, especially maybe for some of the people in your audience is I really believe that in order to get closer to the best version of ourselves, we need to be working on all six areas at any given point in time 
or at least managing all six areas at any given point in time. Because it's a classic example where somebody dedicates so much time, energy, and attention to their career, and they do that for years and years and years and years and years, and they completely neglect their health, and they wake up 15 years later, and they're 50 pounds overweight, and they're like, holy crap, where am I? Mm -hmm. Or they completely neglect their relationship, and then something goes south, and they get a divorce or something like that. And so if you're not dedicating adequate time, energy, and attention to all areas, it will come back to bite you at some point. And I really believe that the size of the downfall or the size of that bite is going to be directly correlated to the duration of your neglect. So if you neglect your health for a few months, then it might not be too big of a negative consequence. If you do it for two decades, then it's probably going to be a pretty big negative consequence. And so my point being is I just... I know so many of us, it's hard to get to dedicate time, energy, attention. I'm not going to act like it's easy, but it's hard to dedicate time, energy, and attention to all six of these areas. But, oh, my gosh, it's so critical to have that foundation to build on top of, but it's also important to have that foundation to fall back on because when life goes sideways, when life hits you upside the head, you need to have habits. You need to have the relationships. You need to have the health. You need to have the mental health. You need to have the career stability, the financial stability, the spiritual stability that you can fall back on so that when life slaps you upside the head, the negative consequences aren't as bad as they could have been. Yeah, man, I, I love that you mentioned all that. Totally agree with all of it. I mean, I'll, I'll take it too. I mean, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's like, if you neglect one area, it may not seem like a big deal, but that's actually going to start to compound. So it's like, let's say you got a good career, you're okay with your fitness, good family, faith is okay, right? And then uh, all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to put career first for a while. Well, now your fitness starts to slip, you have low energy, and then now your career starts to slip. And then because of that, you have stress. Now that comes into your relationship. Next thing you know, you're in fights with your wife, then you're neglecting your faith. And then it's like, all of that happened just because you just started to neglect one bucket that you thought wasn't a big deal. And now your whole life is unfortunately kind of in shambles a bit, you know? Yeah, no doubt. So, and people don't realize that, you know, I, I, and it's hard to, to think about, but it's like at the end of the day, especially fitness, I think the more fit you are, like the better you'll do in your career because the energy yeah. and the hundreds of benefits that come with it. So no doubt, man, it's all connected. Um, Last one for you. So, so let's say you're uh, you're at a crosswalk and, and some dudes like some girls, some guys like, hey, I, I think I heard you on Chris Chapman's podcast, Next Level Minds. You're at the crosswalk. It turns to the little walk in person, and it's like you got one minute to give some good advice. And like, hey, like I'm just trying to like get started and do something great with my life. What, what would you recommend to them for about a minute? Yeah, I would echo the message of. No matter what it is that you want to improve in, figure out kind of the general destination of where you want to be, the, the general goal for the next, maybe the next year. And then what is that next, how do you dial that year back into today? How do you dial it back to the next, to this next month? And then how do you dial it back into today? What can you do today? What small thing can you do today to give yourself a little momentum and then follow through with it, follow through with that promise and then do it again tomorrow. Because I really believe so much of life is about momentum. You have to find a way to generate momentum. And you can't generate momentum without small wins. And so you have to have one small win and then do the next and then the next and then the next. Oftentimes we underestimate the power of a seemingly small step. 
But that seemingly small step when repeated day after day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, like you said, compounds and it's so critical. So if I'm walking next to you on the crosswalk, I'm like, identify where you want to be in about a year. One one area of your life, what's something that you that you want to achieve or who do you want to become in a year? And how can you dial that back to what's the step I can take today to give me a little bit of progress? Prepare for it, follow through with that promise, and then rinse and repeat tomorrow. Nice. I I love that. I love like just breaking it down of what step can I take today? And then what you said earlier of just, I'm going to do it again tomorrow and that building that momentum. So thanks for sharing that, brother. I appreciate it. Um, Where can people connect with you? I want want to help get you some people that that you can help, right, with their goals. So what's a good place to connect? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, Best place to connect is on Instagram at carrier underscore best you. And then as I mentioned, I have the best you podcast as well. And then my website is nickcarrier.com. So people can hop on there as well. And one of the things I am doing right now is offering people a free call, a free goal setting call, where if people want to go kind of through the steps that I went through a little bit with you, what's your why? What's that success indicator? What are those weekly goals? And I want to help discuss that with them so that they can have a game plan that they can act upon. And so if you want to do a free call with me, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash free call. And I would uh, love to chat with you. Cool. I was going to say, it sounds like you're taking on new clients and stuff, right? Oh yeah. Always, always be selling, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know it. Uh, Awesome, Nick. Well, hey, this was a great time. And thanks again for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Chris, appreciate you having me on. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks again for taking the time to tune in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. Be sure to connect with Nick on the various social media avenues, as well as the website that he mentioned. Other than that, I hope everyone has a fantastic week ahead.